Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, rock stars? It's Matt Johnson. We're back again with another episode of the UX Podcast. This is a phenomenal conversation. It's a very short one, actually. We didn't have a lot of time with our guest. We're actually going to get him back on the show, Max Trailer uh, of the appropriately named MaxTrailer.com. Uh, he's also the host of Beers with Max, another appropriately named podcast. And um, what Max does is he helps like entrepreneurs, authors, agencies really develop unique processes into scalable, repeatable products. Uh, and what that means in practical terms, a lot of times Max ends up helping people go from doing the thing to selling the strategy of the thing. So in other words, marketing and selling their expertise rather than their ability to do things, which is very, very interesting. And I, I think it's one of the ways uh, that agencies and, and consultants and coaches really... Um, that's the direction that it's going. If we want to avoid being a commodity and actually charge for value and the results that we bring and not for the effort and time and energy that we necessarily put in to something, that is the key is we have to be able to present it in a way that's extremely valuable to the client so that they see the value of paying for what we know and not just for what we do. And so we dive into this with Max. Like I said, we'll bring him back because this is a very short conversation, but Max starts off with probably the best explanation and overview of the economic drivers that have created this whole situation that we're in right now, where, where agency work and, and marketing work and, thing, and creative work is becoming a commodity, the single best and most succinct expression and explanation of that I've ever heard. So enjoy this conversation. We also dive into a few other things. We talk about the key question that allows us to raise our fees and charge for value, not just work, uh, the limiting belief that's at the heart of our inability to specialize. And Max talks about proactive versus reactive to opportunities and how to be more proactive in how we generate and, and um, create opportunities as in new potential clients in our business. So enjoy the conversation with Max Trailer. Check him out at maxtrailer.com and uh, let's dive right in. Max Trailer, officially welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here. Hello there. <laughs> so I'm super pumped to have you. We, we've got a bunch of stuff we can talk about. We're going to talk about selling strategy instead of implementation and some of the challenges of that and some of the stuff that you pulled off successfully because you, you do it successfully and you actually teach other agencies how to do it successfully, which is pretty awesome. So there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of rabbit holes and rabbit trails and stuff like that we can take. We'll try to keep it semi on track and this will be a short one because we'll have you back on to do some other fun stuff. But for those that, uh, that don't know you and have not consumed some of your 250 hours of, uh, of awesome material that's out there somewhere in the ether. Uh, how, do you, how do you tell people what you do? Uh, wow, I wasn't expecting that question. I help people package and sell their knowledge. Okay. Well, that just kind of flowed through me. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's, a, that's a simple answer. I help nice. people package and sell their knowledge as opposed to being better at selling the doing of things. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both seeing that same thing where the doing of the thing is getting a lot less valuable. So the, uh, the expectations keep going up as you can, uh, you know, personally attest to and yeah. the willingness to pay keeps going down. 
Well, yeah, you know, the, the value of it, I don't know if the value of it's going down, but the perceived value is certainly going down in the yeah. doing things. And, and the reason is economics 101. It's become commoditized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's because once upon a time, investors dumped millions of dollars into marketing software companies. Okay. And these marketing software companies knew that they would need button pushers or else their technology would fall flat because it's too mm-hmm. complex. Yep. So you had this big bubble of very specialized services industry. Call them agencies, call them consultants, call them millennials, call them whatever you want. And for a short time period, it was very specialized labor. And it, you could charge value-based pricing. It wasn't about the, the, uh, the amount of time it took to create uh, a website or implement the technology. It was about what that technology or that website or that content would actually do for your business, value-based pricing. Very fun. But then what happened is we went from a few people, specialized labor, to thousands of agencies. The barriers of entry went to nothing. You can literally go find a website template, copy the thousands of people, and look like a really great agency. Mm -hmm. Um, So the agencies were the first thing that exploded and became uh, highly competitive. Mm -hmm. Then what happened is millennials decided they didn't want to go to work anymore. Okay. And the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, even uh, three years ago now, were calling the freelance gig network the industrial revolution of our time. Mm-hmm. And what that means is there's so many more people that can do the work. They're trained to do all this stuff. It's public information now. Yep. Uh, and some of these freelancers live in countries that allow them to charge a heck of a lot less. Doesn't mean they are less smart or less capable. Nope. Uh, so what's happened that we cannot argue with is that the availability of labor to do things, to do things like create websites, create content, implement technology, all of that stuff has skyrocketed. And thus, the price that we can charge has gone down. Uh, and our a client's ability to replace us has gone up. Yes. Now, in the Industrial Revolution, I always go back to uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and their description of it, because in the Industrial Revolution, it was not the, the workers uh, that really benefited. I mean, you, you could argue that people had jobs. Well, that's great. You know, and these freelancers have jobs. That's cool. But the real opportunity was not to be number four or number five on the assembly line. The opportunity was to create processes and methodologies that would allow you to be most efficient with this new readily available labor force. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Mr. Ford. Yeah. So the opportunity today is not to be number four or five on the assembly line of website doers. Mm -hmm. It is to create processes or strategy or planning or thinking, fill in the blank, not the doing of things, but the how to do things. That's where the opportunity is. That's why clients are paying more for strategy. And that's why clients that five years ago didn't want to pay anything for leadership or planning or a senior person are going, wow, we screwed up. Max, Matt, we want to talk to you about how we can get the most out of our employees or these agencies that we hate or these freelancers that can't Mm -hmm. find their own way out of a bathroom. First of all, that was the most succinct, best explanation of it I've ever heard. So, so fantastic. I like goosebumps. I've never done that before. <laughs> that was, uh, it could, it could have, uh, I would have mistaken it for like a, a, something you've said on stage multiple times or something like that, because it, it was like very, very well laid out the problem. Uh, I will add to that and say that, um, as the explosion of button pushers and the people to do the work has exploded, it's also evened out the competition in the sense that every coach, every consultant, every agency, you know, everybody can have a website. 
everybody can have something that looks relatively the same quality. Everybody can have Infusionsoft or Entreport or something that mimics some of the functions like Active Campaign, which is 50 bucks a month. Now, can they run the full capability of it as if they had a consultant to implement it all? No, but they can have it and they can do some of the basic stuff. So the other thing I think that's happening is as the explosion of button pushers, uh, you know, the people who can do the work has come along. A lot of people are now employing those people as freelancers and they're getting the same result, which is now they have a website, they have some marketing automation, they have some email marketing, they have some content marketing, they have a social media person, they have an Instagram gal, whatever. Uh, and so most of the people have, now we're, we're at that point where that used to be a competitive advantage. Not anymore. Everybody has that. Or you can have it for a few hundred bucks a month. So that's the other thing that's going on is now we're going, okay, well now I've got all this stuff, but now that, that just became the new, you know, the new table stakes. That's just to get into the game. If I want to sell my information, my coaching, consulting, my creative work, that's the minimum standard. Now I have actually have to have all that stuff. My website has to convert better than the, than the guy who's doing the same thing as me. And my email marketing has to be better and my social media has to be better. And I think that's, that's where it's really creating the demand too for the strategy work. It's not just we want to do it because we want to do stuff that pays us better. It's that now that all this stuff is like table stakes just to get in the game, now the stuff actually has to work better. I'm holding a book, the, the Business of Expertise, and on the back of it, Daniel Pink, author of uh, "Sell Is Human," uh, to sell is human. Genuine expertise has become more valuable than ever. Enough said. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about what genuine expertise is. So, expertise that gets results, right? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, and this is the argument that uh, you know it's made in this book and a lot of other books. Um, expertise comes through repetition, comes through pattern recognition, it comes through experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, what these easy, you know, when people are uh, very quickly and very easily creating these websites that look awesome, uh, it gives the perception that they have the experience. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm talking to a software company or if I'm talking to an end customer and they're saying, oh, we're about to hire an agency, I can't stress the importance of asking questions and actually digging into their real experience and how much they have mm -hmm. uh, because it's becoming easier and easier to fake it or give the perception that you have, uh, that you have expertise. Mm -hmm. it, it's also um, a matter of focus. So if you want to develop expertise and you want to charge a premium for what you know, not what you do, but what you know, mm -hmm. then the more you focus, the more valuable that expertise would be. Yes. For example, if somebody wanted me to hire me because I know stuff about marketing, I could charge $1. If somebody wanted to hire me because I know about marketing for software companies in the sales space, I can charge $2. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to hire me because I have knowledge about selling uh, marketing to, uh, I have marketing knowledge for sales software companies that want to sell through a sales channel to buyers that look like XYZ, I can charge $3. Point being, the more you focus and the less you are a generalist, uh, first of all, the more knowledge and experience and pattern recognition you have in that space. But conversely, the more the perceived value and the more, uh, the more you can charge for it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent agree. I mean, and we should know this by now. I mean, I was, you know, literally going back through the 22 immutable laws of marketing by Al Reese, in which I've dived into his stuff even more within the last few months, uh, including the book focus, which is funny you bring that up, but he talks about how the, the specialist always beats the generals every time. 
Yeah. The generalist may be bigger, but usually the specialist is more profitable. So even if the generalist stays big and looks big and does billions of dollars in sales, when you actually look at the profit that they bring to the bottom line, this, even then the specialist almost always wins, virtually always wins. Because people want the specialist. They want something that's catered to them as much as humanly possible. That's why they're willing to pay more for it. And so the more that we can specialize, I think where people deal with specialization is the is they get out of that abundance mindset, they get into a scarcity mindset, and they worry that they're repelling people that they could be taking money from. And they worry let they worry more about those people, the people that they're meeting that aren't good fits, than the people that are amazing fits that they haven't met yet. And they don't focus on them enough. Yeah, that makes well, sense. You, you've just described the primary issue with the entire agency market that is now thousands and thousands and thousands, and even the even the challenge in the uh, in the freelance market. I mean, these people are struggling. I talk to dozens of them every week, mm-hmm. every week since 2013. I've been talking with dozens of agencies. Think about that. And the number one problem is that they don't focus. If you don't believe me? Mm-hmm. Take a random sample size of 100 agencies. Go on HubSpot, SharpSpring, any technology company that breeds this horde. Of, uh, of agency, forgive me, button pushers. Take a random sample of 100, look at their websites, and I would be surprised if you found five that have chosen one industry and one practice area to specialize in. They have a menu, a menu of specialties, which I can tell you is basically paper thin, and they have general knowledge about seven, eight, nine different tactical areas, which, by the way, are getting increasingly complex by the day. Yes. And they'll say, a lot of them will say, oh, we focus in three spaces, Mm -hmm. technology, services, and it's like, okay, so you can basically help every company on the planet. Or they'll say, oh, yeah, we specialize in B2B technology. Oh, thanks. Gee, I really, you know. (laughs) It's a specialty that's not a specialty. Exactly. So that's the problem. Uh, and, And it's why people don't end up. Uh, developing genuine expertise. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Pink, because there's so much opportunity out there today uh, that a lot of us are afraid of making a decision. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients uh, said that her her dad always used to remind her of the the meaning of the word decision, which comes from, I think, the Latin or something like that, which means to cut off. So if we truly make a decision, we're cutting ourselves off from other options. And that's really at the heart of why people decide not to specialize and try to avoid it because they feel like they're cutting themselves off. And I think that we, we get into that trap a lot of times where we have people coming into our world and because we, uh, we get good at marketing, we start to attract just all kinds of people and we worry more about monetizing them and trying to come up with something to sell them. And all the people that are out there that don't you know, that, that are out there in the specialty we could be in that we haven't met yet. That, that's, that's the, un, you know, we go back to economics, right? You've got the scene versus the unseen. Mm. It's a lot easier to focus on the scene, which is all the random people that we have coming into our world that we see them, like they're real people to us. The mm. unseen is all the people out there in the category we could dominate, but we don't see them because they're not real to us yet. They're kind of out there in the ether. Mm. We understand that they're out there in theory, but they're not really like emotionally, we don't feel that emotionally, we feel like, uh, I just, I could have sold that guy a $10,000 website if only I would dabble a little bit in the industrial manufacturing sector or something like that. And so, but because that guy's real, we beat ourselves up and try to twist ourselves in circles, trying to come up with all these different kinds of things to sell the people that we're already running into. I think I, I, sometimes I try to talk about what you're saying. 
Um, and I think of it as being proactive or reactive with opportunities. And you're, yeah. you know, you say, Hey, you've got something in front of you. You're being reactive to opportunities. You say, well, um, I got these five people. What do they look like? What do they need? Great. I'm going to provide for those needs. Yeah. The proactive way is to say, I've got expertise and let me think about, let me envision, let me imagine the people that would pay me the most for my expertise. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go pursue those people. Yeah. That's the biggest difference between people that develop that expertise, that charge value-based pricing, that develop really attractive personal brands and mm -hmm. people that are victim to the commoditization trap, uh, battle lookalike agencies on price, uh, their employees leave for either someone else that looks like their organization or a software company that has a bigger career path. I mean, that's the heart. That's the heart of the problem. Yeah. Going well, after what's in front of you instead of imagining what could be. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've solved it. So a good, a good 15 minutes in, we're done. Uh, we've solved the problem. That's fantastic. <laughs> we've solved every every question that people could possibly have that's right I'm going to take the rest of the day off it's going to be fantastic roll up my sleeves sit by the pool a little bit we just solved it all it's fantastic <laughs> me too job well done see you next time <laughs> exactly <laughs> alright well I know you got to run uh, tell people how they can uh, connect with you maxtrailer.com t-r-a-y-l-o-r there's a little button that says speak with Max that'll get you onto my calendar now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, that is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.